What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me as always this week is the man who thinks if you can save 15 cents on a canned good, well, you better buy a whole case of it. The good deacon, Scott Aiken. Come home from shopping yesterday and you're saying, we don't even have covered space for what you brought home. And you're right. I, we don't, but we had a little bit of a disagreement and I'm not sure when my role as the carer of the kitchen and the purchaser of the groceries got usurped. I would think most women would be like, that's fantastic. Go do the grocery shopping. I'm happy to let you do that. But you did all this grocery shopping, which is food that we needed. And yet somehow I felt like, wait a second, this is something not quite right here. Ever since Y2K, I've always kind of had the little bit of prepper in me so i buy a little bit more and i stash a little bit away and (laughs) just for the rainy day so we have the cupboard we have the side cupboard there is a little bit of cupboard space in the laundry room and now i also have my she shelf out in the garage so we have a multitude of places where you can get a snack or any other type of thing that you might need for dinner Somehow it feels good to have a full pantry, even if we don't need it all. The most important section is the she shelf. We we straighten that constantly, the kids and I. (laughs) Don't let mom see that the she shelf has been messed up. So, Well, it's a good work for you. And it's good for you to show the kids because as a deacon, you're called to be a servant. So why not start on the she shelf? Right. Right. Well, you know, a lot of those cans that we store on the she shelf, we give away. So when they have gatherings come by and... People who are gathering food for the hungry at Christmas time, it's those cans that go. But I buy them on sale. So always prepping for the potential need. But that's, yeah, I got carried away. I can't pass up a deal on food. I can certainly pass up a deal on shoes and clothes, <laughs> unlike you, but I can't pass up a deal on food. Oh, I hear you there in touche. If you remember back when you were ordained a deacon and we had special celebration the next day at our parish, I had an opportunity to toast you. And in that toast, I said, Scott, now that you are deacon, you are free to serve. So serve freely and start with me. So that is what I toasted when you became a deacon. But Pope Francis just came out with some words for the deacons because he addressed the deacons in Rome. They were having a special meeting. It came out in the news and boy, after reading the remarks, I think that Pope Francis definitely still considers himself a deacon. Absolutely, yeah. And he says, you know, that power, because that's so oftentimes what it seems like society looks for, power lies in service not in anything else. I think that's so profound that there's not power in holding people down. There's power in lifting people up. And that's what a deacon is responsible to do. And he says, deacons remind the church um, like St. Therese of Lusso, who discovered to be true in her way of the little flower, that it is through the simple service, the simple heart and the humble heart that we do the work of Christ. Oh, and serve in the small ways and the great ways you've done during your diaconate. I would say definitely while uh, you as a deacon and watching you serve the people at St. Joe's and, and around the area, that you 
may feel like, well, this is all that I can do. I think for the people like all of us who are the receivers of your small deeds, boy, it does not feel like small things to us at all. They are great things. And I think it's just a great example of really how small things, while you might feel that they're small things, well, to the person receiving them, they make a huge impact. So yeah, he really emphasized that and brought it forward with uh, the three specific areas that he wants. He expects us to be humble. He expects us to be good spouses and good fathers and good grandparents. And finally, he says, I expect you to be sentinels, not only to know how to spot the poor and the distant, but to help the Christian community recognize Jesus in the poor and the distant. So great reminders for my 14th year of being a deacon that this is what led me to it. And this is what I need to keep first and foremost. And as you said, rightly, I need to serve you first before I can serve others. I need to serve our marriage. And I love that even throughout your formation, that was always the case. We just even heard it with Steve Ray, who was on last week, who said for Father's Day, husband's the best thing you can do. Father's the best thing that you can do for your children is love their mother. Right. Right. Now, in the years that you have been a deacon and even throughout formation, when they stress, you know, your marriage first, marriage and family, and then your work, because as a deacon, you are not paid. Uh, and then your diaconate. It has been more of rather than one, two and three. It has been more of a balancing act because there were times where just as in any marriage, your work responsibility kind of comes first when you would go on a trip. And there were times that, yeah, we put it all aside for the marriage. And yet there are still times where we step aside so that way you can be the deacon. It's, it's definitely in my viewpoint, more of a balancing act. I think it's a, a good way to live it. I was just taking part in a funeral of a friend of mine and the reader read the passage from Proverbs that reminds us there's a season for everything. And that we certainly recognize in now 14 years of being a deacon family, there's seasons of need, seasons for the family, seasons for the work and seasons for the diaconate. But still keeping that, for me, I have to keep that priority in place that is family, work, and then the diaconate because all feeds in to the call of the discipleship that Christ calls me to. And that being fed is really all that we hear so much. We even hear it this weekend in the gospel that feeding is so important, but you can't feed anybody if you haven't fed your family who depends upon your work, who then can bring fruit to the people who are in need. So there's that balance. You're right. That we have to constantly keep in mind, but that focus of order is so important. It was wonderful to hear those words from Pope Francis, and we always have looked at your diaconate as a gift. Scott, you just said there is a season for all things. That is absolutely true. And with these wonderful summer days that we have coming up, I know many people might be planning a vacation. Well, coming up on today's show, I have an opportunity to talk with our friend, Mary Harrell. She just got back from a vacation. She took all five of her children and they had a great time. Scott, we know what it's like to go on vacation with all of the kids and there are things to look out for and some things to prepare for to make sure you have a great time. So Mary will be joining us to let us know what she did to have the best vacation ever. And then 
in our second half, we're going to talk about how we have grown to understand the value of vacation with family and the value of vacation with one another. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. I went paddleboarding with my family recently. It took forever to get there. The AC stopped working my van. I couldn't find parking. The paddleboard pump broke. By the time we were ready to have family fun, I was ready to explode on everyone. I was miserable. Now, if I may examine my conscience on radio with you, everything I just complain about is the problem of a blessed person. I have a car, paddleboards, kids, and I'm at a safe state park in the story. I was frustrated because I was trying to manage my blessings. So often, that's exactly what frustrates us. We gotta get the kids to school, make their lunches, run off to work. Stop, think, thank. You have kids, food, and a job, all blessings. But if you don't get intentional about counting them as blessings, you'll end up miserable and cranky. We need to stop and pause and take stock of what's actually going on and give thanks often. Then we can have perspective and joy even in the midst of the chaos. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Hello, this is Father Matt Libra. Please join me as we pray for unity in our church, our community, and our country. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Holy Trinity, unite us as one. Bring unity to our diversity so that in one body and in one spirit, we may love one another and glorify you. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. June is the month the church dedicates to the most sacred heart of Jesus. And Matraday Radio is committed to praying for your intentions through our three daily broadcasts to the celebration of the Holy Mass, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and a wide variety of inspiring spiritual reflections. We also take your specific intentions to the most sacred heart of Jesus through Matraday Radio's prayer hotline. Let us know how our dedicated team can pray for you by going to materdayradio.com or call the prayer hotline directly at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or click the prayer button on top of the homepage at materdayradio.com. Throughout the month of June, Materday Radio will be praying for you as we lead souls into the most sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Well, 
It may have seemed like a great idea to take the whole family on a vacation. But after careful planning, maybe things didn't go quite as planned. Kids began to complain. Heat and traffic maybe put a damper on the fun. Or did one of the little ones get sick in the back seat in the middle of nowhere? Well, today's guest knows what that's like. And hopefully our friend Mary Harrell can offer you some tips that will make this year's road trip a great family memory. Good morning, Mary. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Brenda. Good to be with you. And you know, I always say, when you go off on a road trip with your family, it's not a vacation. It's a trip. Don't call it a vacation in your head because you are going to work harder than you do on the daily basis. So always call it a trip. Call it what it is. Oh, absolutely. Mary, you just got back from a trip with your kids. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about what you guys do. We pack up every year with our five kids and my sister's five kids. We head up to Lake Tahoe and we spend about a week there with the grandparents. We play bocce ball. We go down to the beach. We eat way too many s'mores. It's a great week. The kids look forward to it every year. And I look forward to it too, but I've learned to um, I've learned to gear myself up for the work that a family vacation, a family trip is, and not psych myself up thinking I'm going for a week of just lounging by the water. You know, because if you psych yourself up for the work, you can handle it. If you go into it thinking, oh, this is a break from all my regular stuff, you might be a little a little disillusioned. Let's say maybe in the middle of it, right? Oh, absolutely. And Mary, it is all about the planning and expectations. You're absolutely Mm. correct. Even going to a wonderful resort or a lakeside cabin, yeah, Mm -hmm. you still got to put the work in. But if you're ready Mm -hmm. for it, it's going to make it all the better. So there are some things, and you're an experienced mom, I'm an experienced mom. (laughs) There is the list of things to bring and the list the list of things to leave at home. What are the, mm-hmm. some of the things you make sure to bring and what do you leave at home? Gosh, we always make sure, this seems strange, we always bring some toys because kids get to these cabins or they get uh, to a new place and you think, oh, they'll have new things to look at. They won't need toys. Actually, they, they do need mm-hmm. something, even on the downtime, just to occupy themselves while you have, you know, one core's light by the campfire, just to give you a little bit of space. So we've learned to pack smarter, not pack more stuff. So when we go on trips, we pack the flattest, lightest, entertaining things for the kids we can find. So with our bigger kids, that's easy. That's a pack of cards, multiple packs of playing cards, Uno cards, things like that. We've taught them how to play lots of different card games that it just involve cards and like three M&Ms or cards and some tokens or something. And when you have two, three, four, five, six kids, they can entertain themselves for a long time playing games with cards. For the little kids, I always remember it's coloring book time. Pick up a couple coloring books at your dollar store or something else cheap. New ones that they'll say, oh, I haven't looked at this before. And a new thing of crayons or pencils. Those are light things. They don't take up a lot of room and they will save your bacon in the end, when you're trying to either cook dinner over the campfire or get your stuff all impacted at the cabin, those things are really clutch for us. Oh, Mary, for us in our minivan, there were a couple of things that were so important. One of the great toys that my parents had given us one year for Christmas is all four of the kids got their own etch-a-sketch. 
You know, the great thing about Etch-A-Sketch is that they don't make any noise when you're driving down the road. And because each one had their own, we didn't have to worry about sharing. They just went along with it. The other two things important in case of emergencies, always bring extra plastic bags. Ziplocs are excellent because if somebody gets sick, you want to make sure it's real secure. And then Mm -hmm. another great gift from my mom and dad was a little, uh, like a little sitting porta potty that you could put a diaper in. So if you needed to make a quick pit stop on the side of the road, you weren't hanging them off the edge of a cliff or anything (laughs) like that to get it done. Oh, our good friend Mary Harold joining us today as we talk about the great American vacation. So Mary, going on a vacation, or as you say, going on a trip, doesn't mean you leave everything else behind, Mm -hmm. including your religion. You make sure to pack your faith and practice that on your trips. Tell us a little bit about how you do that. We've discovered, at least for our yearly trip to the lake, that it's important for us that, of course, mass is still a priority. And in our family, the way that has worked out is that we leave for our family vacation, our family trip, on Sunday afternoon. We go to mass first on Sunday. Then we leave for our trip. It's not too far of a drive for us, thank goodness. It's less than two hours. Mm -hmm. And then we spend our whole week at the lake and we come back on Saturday. And at least for us with little kids at this stage of the game, it's easier for our kids to go to mass where they have been before, where they know the expectations of how to behave. And then we start our trip after that. And now if you have bigger kids, Brenda, like you, that's not as much of a consideration. I know that they can handle a new church, but at least for that little kid set, we have found it works best for us if we have our Sunday obligation, we get that done, and then we go on vacation after that. It works easier for us for the little kids. Oh, well, the blessing of our Catholic faith is that it is universal. So even if you are on vacation and you find another parish that you are attending, well, you're going to know exactly how that runs. Mary Harold joining us today. So you said you're only a couple of hours away from your destination. Have Mm. you ever tried to make one of those long trips or a couple of days with the family? Or are you still at a point with you're not ready to do those quite yet? Well, pray for us, Brenda. We have, we're taking that long trip that you're talking about. We're taking a long trip out to see friends of ours that live in Nebraska now. We're taking that trip in September over Labor Day. So good grief. I don't know. We'll see how this all shakes out then. When we go on that trip, we, our friends attend a great Latin mass parish out in the city they're in. So our Sunday obligation is going to be taken care of there. Our kids will know what to expect from that parish. But on that long trip, Gosh, you know, it's going to be Dramamine and lots of uh, origami, I guess, in the car. I don't know how that one's going to work out. That will really be our our maiden voyage. Have you taken one of those long multi- multi-day trips before? We have. And because we are West Coasters, I'm Southern California. We're living up here Mm. in Portland. There have been times where we've taken the two days down to see uh, our parents in Southern California. And the kids were at various ages that we did that trip. uh, Multiple times we've done that. But, you know, Mary, our families are our celebrations of life. And when the good deacon and I celebrated 25 years of marriage, 
we took mm-hmm. our kids with us on a trip and they Ooh. were older at that point and mm-hmm. we drove all the way down the California coastline and then spent a few days in Catalina and of wow. all of the wonderful trips we have been able to take as a family mm-hmm. that's the one the kids always remember it was Aww. new it was exciting and it was really precious time together because Mary at this point of my view it is yeah. a flash of time before they are mm. off to college so Enjoy the trip across the country. Enjoy all of this wonderful family times because it goes by in an instant. Mary, thank you so very much for your time today. Thanks, Brenda. Have a happy summer up there. God bless you. And now it's time for this week's View from the Pew. Scott, we've taken a few vacations. We've taken vacations with the kids when they were little. We've taken some great vacations with the kids when they were older. But some of the best vacations, yeah, we haven't taken the kids with us at all. Yeah, and, but, you know, we've, we've had our, what, what, our 25th anniversary we went right? with the kids. Uh, we focused so much on the kids growing up as any family does. But what we've grown to know and experience and becoming more wise too is that we need to have vacation for you and I so that we can remember that it's the relationship, it's the friendship that brought these kids about. And if we can't find time to do that, we need to really ask the Lord, can we have time that the two of us can be together away on a pilgrimage, even if it's away on a weekend like we just did across the river 25 minutes from the house, because we could rush back if, if they needed us, but at the same time, they're old enough to be on their own, and we can rest on the shores of the Sandy River and appreciate each other. So looking back, and I think the very first time we went on vacation together, we maybe had just the two girls of the four. Now, baby number three and baby number four had not arrived yet and how nerve wracking it was. We were fortunate that our folks, my parents were able to stay with the girls so that way you and I could get away for a few days. And it was very strange. I'll admit it. And, and as a mother of a young, you know, especially of a younger, younger children, yeah, it didn't feel quite right to me. And it did definitely take me some time to get used to the idea that I'm not just a mom. So it was very, very strange the first time that we that we left the girls. And then from there, we had some great family trips. One of the best ones was when we actually drove from here in, in the Portland area all the way down to Southern California. And we took all four of the kids with us. You're right. That was our 25th wedding anniversary trip. And yes, we brought our kids with us on that trip. At the same time, though, the best trips, the trip to Rome, the trip to Fatima and Portugal, those were trips for you and I, and they would not have been the same experience if it would have been any differently. And every one of them has been a blessing and everyone has been ways to connect with the family, to create memories, and also to strengthen our marriage. And I think there is a sense of pilgrimage in all of that. You know, we, we often associate pilgrimage with holy religious effort. But no, our life can be viewed in that same lens because 
as you described on that 25th anniversary trip down the coast, which people might think, God, oh, you guys are really risking a lot to go down, drive down all that way with the, all these kids. But we found miracles that we could reflect on in the, in the future that clearly were miracles of seeing the whales, uh, of experiencing uh, the coast in, in a very peaceful way. There's a host of things we can go back to. And it was in and of itself a pilgrimage, even though it had all the trappings of a vacation, it was really more a family pilgrimage of gratitude for the 25 years of our marriage. You know, you just talking about the whales makes me smile because those are little miracles. We had to pull over. We were driving down the California coast. We had to pull over for one of the children who had to, uh, let's say, go to the bathroom. And so when we found a place to pull off and it was very difficult and we were trying to get to our hotel that night, what we realized is when we pulled off there, it was the perfect spot. There was a huge pot of whales that was making its way down the coast. And there on the cliffside, we just stood in awe and we went, yeah, thank you for this moment, God. We needed to stop. We don't need to rush to get to the hotel tonight. We need to stop and look at these whales. And even to this day, all four of the kids remember seeing the whale spouts all the way up the coastline. God makes good of all things. And even that little boy, when he had to go to the bathroom, God made good of it for sure. (laughs) So if you have an opportunity this summer to take your kids on a wonderful vacation, well, enjoy every moment of it. And if you have an even more special time to take a weekend away, definitely take that time. And you can even look to the time getting to your destination as part of the trip too, and definitely make use of that time when we would have to travel even for a weekend. And even though it was an academic and learning weekend for you, I would be there. We would use those few hours that it took us to drive to Seattle as part of time together. And maybe we grabbed a magazine or did a funny crossword puzzle while we were driving. Boy, We'd have some good laughs, and those are part of the ways that you can make every moment of time together as time well spent. You know, because just having that time uninterrupted to talk about whatever, well, maybe you don't necessarily talk about on a regular basis, so valuable. And even if it is time that you spend initially talking about the kids, because they, of course, do take up a lot of your lives. It's okay to do that, but be sure to also just really spend time talking to each other. I know we've spent so much time just talking about our work, things that we hope to accomplish, and we have the opportunity to really help each other out in so many ways. And that's what makes the marriage the most important part of of the family life is ensuring that you hear each other, you're listening to each other, and you lift each other up. Scott, will you end us in a prayer today? Yes. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us to find our role in diaconal service. All of us are called to it. Help us to be mindful of that, particularly in family and in marriage this week and in the weeks to come through the summer. Help us to build one another up and be grateful for the many blessings we have. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and travel safely. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.